Hi, diddly-ho, Preparinos. This is Nat, the preparedness guy on Preparedness Works. Preparedness Works is part of the Readiness Lab, the place for podcasts, webinars, and training in the field of emergency and disaster services. Now, today, I have a special guest on. Now, we've talked about some some uh, emergency plans and having an escape. Today, we're going to learn about how to have a safer escape. And my guest is Aaron Mezzi. Hey, Aaron. Hi. <laughs> it's great to be on here. I think you have to say that. Um, but it is great <laughs> to be here. You don't have to. <laughs> I appreciate it, but you don't have to say it. <laughs> so just a little bit about myself. I started this business uh, now two years ago after watching my neighbor's house burn down. And I, I literally woke up. It was 9 a.m. It was during COVID. I was sleeping late with my window facing their house, the guy in his pajamas, not knowing what's going on, seeing a lot of fire trucks. And the kids jumped out the second floor window because they did not have good smoke alarms. And they found that a little bit too late. The kids jumped out the second floor window and one ended up in the hospital. Everybody else in the family, thank God, got out because they have a fire escape because it was an old house. Right. After that, my mother said, I have, uh, it's my nephew, my brother, who's, my mother said that my brother who sleeps in the attic with his kids once every three weeks when they come for the weekend, I want them to have a way out. Right. So at that point, the best, so what we had after that fire was the ladders you throw out the window. We've tried it, threw it out the window, took one look at it. I said, not going to happen. I am not <laughs> you know, getting that. I, I have one of those ladders, right? So oh. I, um, I have, we have one on our, um, in the upstairs and uh, a problem that I've had with them is that it's a one, it's technically a one-time use. Um, you can't practice with it and then fold it up neatly and have it ready to go again. So it's like, I want to train with this, but also I would have to buy an extra one to use it. So, so we haven't, we haven't practiced with it. I've explained how to use it to my, to my children. Um, my, my daughter, she would be, she's pretty confident in how to use it. But again, if there's an emergency, a high stress situation, it's, it's pretty complicated. It's not that complicated, but in a stressful situation, it can be. For sure. So there's a few problems with that. Number one, when you said you can only use it once, I'm laughing because the first time I hear that, I say they just want to sell more. Right, right. I, I'm not a believer in that. So I tried it once, twice. By the third time I threw it out the window, it started falling apart. So that part is true. All Even right. though I typically would say it's probably just a marketing thing or whatever. They just want to make some sales. That started falling apart. Another issue, the biggest issue with that is, number one, you have to make sure you know where it is. In my house, it was buried in the closet under all the suitcases. So if God forbid we needed to use it and had three minutes to get out, three minutes is lucky in this day and age because the houses have a lot of, everything's flammable. So nowadays right. the new houses, you have three minutes. Yeah, everything's made out of synthetic materials and everything will catch fire. And so that was buried under that. So that, that's problem number one is making sure you have access to it. Number two, and the biggest problem is getting onto it. It's going on the window and you have to go upside down, backwards onto the ladder. Yeah. And people don't even think about that. But what people do bring up the most is getting down the ladder. Once you're on the ladder itself, getting down is not the biggest deal. Anybody can do that, but you can't get down with somebody else. You can't get down holding a child. All right. So um, do you have a long, long history of, of preparedness? Would you consider yourself a, a, a prepper or do you uh, 
have you have you done a lot of emergency preparedness or safety stuff in the past, or is this kind of just sparked out of the the um, that that event that obviously was a life changing and traumatic event that that you witnessed? So. I wouldn't, you know, it depends who you're comparing it to. It's somebody like you, I guess you'd probably say I'm not a big prepper. But when I see a need I, and I see a problem, I just want to fill it. Where when I was in school in Israel a couple of years back, I noticed a lot of people get into their car seat, the cars, taxis, whatever, without car seats and said, this is ridiculous. And I started a charity that we lend out car seats that started with that. And now we have 75 locations between that and once we started with that we went and took it elsewhere with tools and we're hoping to be a full service charity for anybody who doesn't who needs it but doesn't have a reason to buy it like they're using it to rent a car that's really cool so so you identified uh, a need there's a gap a safety gap here people are getting into cars taxis rental cars um However, they're they're getting in a car and many children didn't have have car seats or people couldn't didn't have their own car seats for this transportation. As is typically people who didn't have uh, have their own vehicle and were were renting or using a rideshare or taxi or something. So these were typically people who did not have their own vehicle because they didn't need a car seat. And also there, everything's expensive, meaning just space is expensive. So even if somebody's using a car seat every six months, they don't want to hold it. They don't want it in their apartment. Right. And they're using it to rent I've, cars. I, I, I have using kids. It. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah, I've had to, I've traveled, gone gone on airplanes with car seats, or had to take rental vehicles with car seats, and and it can be uh, quite a bit of a, a chore. But it's something that you know, we we use them regularly, and we we know that it's an essential thing day to day. But if we're not driving regularly, it's a big expense. It's not just the expense; it's also storing it, having it, thinking of it. I like to say all the charity and how I help people a lot is when I see a need nobody else is doing, I jump into it. I try to get a lot of money. And by getting a lot of money myself, I save everybody else a lot of money where you could technically probably rent a car seat in these places, but they're going to charge you $5 a day. When we started out, I was charging a dollar a day and then we decided not to charge at all. So how do you go about uh, fundraising? What's kind of the um, the story behind that and get, getting people on board? You know, obviously, once you explain it to people, most people would think, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. There are probably aren't a lot of people saying, no, no, we don't need car seats you know, for kids. But uh, what's, the, yeah, what's the fundraising behind that? So it's sort of a sore topic because I haven't sent any money to that in the last couple of months, <laughs> but it's been different stuff. So I got a manager who lives there and he, he went from 13, 10, nine locations to 75 in a year. Wow. And what happens is I started this in memory of my nephew who died as a baby and I just wanted to start something. And when something like that happens, you know, when something bad happens, everybody's thinking. So I got $10,000 in the first 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I got in the next year, another $10,000. But that's just, when something happens, that's when people think. Unfortunately, people don't think any other time. Where if I tried to get money now, I'd get, you know, a few hundred. I'd have to work very hard for that $10,000. Right. Yeah, we deal with that with with all sorts of things in emergency management. And basically any situation where you need buy-in or uh, or support is when the thing is happening or is recent in people's memory, they are on board. You get all of the the support you need, the funding. Um Basically, 
whatever people are afraid of or concerned about in them in the moment is is where it goes um and a lot of that is is because it's it's scary in the moment uh, so the the charity you created is something that you've been able to keep sustained and uh, fortunately it's a, a kind of a cumulative thing once you have the car seats you get them back and they're good for uh, a number of years all right so it's not it's not an immediately consumable item um, and then the, the need is always there too yeah so everything is besides the car seats which we don't want to charge a penny for because we don't want anybody to say i don't want to use it and then not use it because they don't want to pay the two pennies or whatever everything else we charge very minimum we have we lend out ways phones for people who don't have phones there a lot of people don't have smartphones they just have the regular phones we have tools we all lend them out so the whole thing is self-sustainable once we get the original money in mm -hmm. then it survives that's awesome I just Absolutely. want to take it back to where you were saying where people don't think. And this really frustrates me a lot because last Friday I was very upset. I heard about somebody who died in their apartment where the house was brick. The fire shouldn't happen, have happened fast. And they died from smoke inhalation. And really all it takes is five minutes, $30, a few smoke detectors, a little more, a few hundred dollars. And you can save your whole family. Right. And, really... Back. Early notification is, is super important. Statistically, anybody who dies in a fire is usually because they don't have smoke alarms. Wow. Yeah, so that's the number one thing that people should do is, is uh, make sure their smoke alarms are, that they have them and they're operational. And they work. The, be the best thing to have is smoke detectors because, you know, you can have anything to help you get out. But if you're not up, and most fires happen at between 12 and 6 o'clock. If you notice a lot, of, most fires happen and people are in their pajamas because that's when it happens when people are sleeping. Right. And smoke alarms are the first and most important protection. So when somebody calls me up and asks me about getting my product, the latter, they the first thing I'll usually try to say is, what's your smoke alarm situation? Right. And almost always anybody who's calling me has smoke alarms unless something just happened and they're just freaked out and calling me. Well, I had recently somebody, I had a very nice conversation with them. And I said in the end, by the way, what's your smoke alarm situation? She said, it's perfect. I said, great, because if somebody's, you know, getting my ladder and they don't have good smoke alarms, that's sort of pointless. She went back, checked her smoke alarms. None of them worked. Oh, no. They were put in by a sheriff when they moved in. I don't know how many years ago it was. And they never checked them since. When they moved in, they were great. You know, they were taken care of. And then after that, they never changed it. And they spent $800 just getting in the wired smoke alarms. That way they're connected. Yeah. And that was a success. I was so happy. Wow. That's awesome. So you, you mentioned that, uh, again, the um, people who are calling because something just happened. Now, you, you talked about your neighbor's house and how that was a, a turning point when, when they had a fire. Now, when your neighbors had a fire, but... Uh, most of the time we see something that scares people. They try to take some action and then that action fades over time. Now you've been able to take that motivation and move it positively forward. Uh, so tell us what you've been since then, what you've been able to accomplish. So I just want to back up and say a little bit more of my story. Yeah. That's okay. So after my neighbor's fire, my father wanted to get a 
Fire Escape. They're very ugly, expensive, and they need to be maintained. He spent a year searching online for this product, for not this, for, for a better solution. The throw-out ladders aren't a good solution. This is not a good solution for most people. And he came across this product in Denmark after a year of research and asked them if they would ship it to him. So they said, sure. They shipped him one. He loved it. He bought three more. I put it all over the house. Again, he was ready to spend the money. It was $11,000 at the time for a fire escape. He was ready wow. to spend that money. So we took the, a fraction of that and put ladders all over the house, and he was so much happier. And also, it looks nice. Right. Well, yeah. I, I, we're, I'm familiar with what I see in, in movies um, or what I've seen when I visit uh, urban areas with, uh, with tall buildings. The fire escapes are pretty common. It's kind of iconic for, for cities. Um, but you said like they are, they're, they're bulky. You got to maintain them. It's a risk because people can climb up them. You know, they usually have the one that, um, at the bottom, they, you have to access it from the top, but people can reach up with something and, and pull them down. So it, it is a kind of a hazard to give access to your, to your, to your property. Um, so how does, how does the safer escape ladder kind of, resolve some of the issues of, of the other ones. So you talked about how, how they don't look very good. Uh, the other ones that they might take some maintenance, that they provide access to uh, burglars or other bad actors. Um, and then for the, the cheaper solutions, they, they wear out. Uh, so how did you find a middle ground? So I just want to go back to the fire escape. I didn't know this at the time, but when I was showing my product to a fireman, he loved it. He said, what's the problem with the fire escape? From my point of view, they can fall off buildings. You put them up 100 years ago, they're not being maintained as they could, and they literally fall off buildings, and people could get hurt. And the middle ground for us was it works. You have it when you need it. It's easy to use. It's not too expensive. It looks nice on your house. Nobody even knows it exists if done right. There's about the bird, the um, you know, somebody accessing it from the ground, you can't, there's a pin at the top, so you can't open it from the ground. It comes painted, so it looks just like a drain pipe. And we also, versus the ladder that you throw out the window, as you said before, if you want to practice with it, you have to buy yourself another one. So we tell people, if you're buying it, you should practice. Because when I went down that my ladder the first time, it took me a minute to get down. I actually laugh at that video. It's hilarious. <laughs> And I should go public. It's pretty, it's a little embarrassing just to see the first time I'm in a coat putting on the harness and it took me a minute. <laughs> and now I do it in 15 seconds. And we awesome. did a video from my third floor to the ground and it took 30 seconds. Wow. So you practice, you prep, and it's very quick. And, you know, the children can use it also. Somebody said to me, how, how do you take a baby down? I said, I have no clue. That day I went, took a 50-pound sandbag, asked somebody to hand it to me, walked, climbed down with a 50-pound 50 sandbag. Wasn't right, just, so easy, but it, it worked. Yeah, it was, it was manageable, um, carrying that sandbag while you're, while you're climbing down. So you don't have any, you don't have any special uh, hiking backpacks where you stick the kids in? No, no, of course so not. We don't for liability purposes. Yeah. There is a product out there that if somebody wants, we send them to a website it's a army surplus store where they have fire retardant knapsacks and they, you know, you can put a dog in there, you can put a kid in there 
those are much better than the ones you find on Amazon. If you look at the reviews, the ones you lower with a string, a few of the reviews you've seen, if you look through the reviews, you see somebody said, I put rocks in it to test it out and it broke. So that's, that's pretty terrifying if right. it's heated and then I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, I've done a lot of evacuation training as an emergency manager, uh, training people. And we, I do some training for, um, for infants to even tonight, later on, I'll be, um, uh, training, uh, some people on how to evacuate infants from, um, from a, a clinical space. And there's, there are some tools for that, but we don't, you know, use any sort of ladders. It's the, it's how to use the stairways and, and have baskets or uh, different harnesses for that. Um, but a ladder is a, is a different, a different beast altogether. Uh, but then we, we talk about practicing. So use, you use a sandbag to simulate that. And that's a brilliant, uh, brilliant thing to do. I talked earlier about how my daughter understands the concept of the, uh, the, the throw out ladder that we have. She understands that, but in a high stress situation, I don't know how comfortable she would be with that. And because I haven't bought an extra ladder and practiced with it, uh, we, we haven't tried it out. She hasn't been tested on it. I haven't been tested on it. We haven't, we haven't tried to, to do it and validate that, that it will work for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the safer escape ladder was built in. I remember seeing on, on LinkedIn, that was where I had the first exposure to it. You just showed a picture of, of a home with it installed and you're right. It looks just like a, a drain spout. And unless you know what to look for, you're not going to notice it or see it. Uh, so you have this product, the ladder, it folds up vertically against the, the building, has a pin at the top at the window. And when somebody opens the window, they can pull the pin, drop down the ladder and it, it drop down, drops down uh, perpendicular to the house, right? So it's, um, it comes against the house, but one side is against the house and the other side drops away from it. And then you just step out from the window and climb down like a regular ladder. So what we say is you sit on the windowsill like a horse, you mm -hmm. put one foot on the ladder, you put one hand on the ladder and just pull out. Right. Yeah, you, and it allows you to, to maintain multiple points of contact at all times. Um, and then you can, and then you can practice with it too. So with, uh, with the differences in cost, you, you said your dad was willing to spend up to $10,000 to install, uh, the robust fire escape system. Um, that's iconic for, for, for buildings, but also didn't want to spend the, however much, um, hundred dollars or less for, for the, uh, the throwout ladder because you you bought one and found it was ineffective for your needs. Uh, what price point are we looking at for the safer escape? So we have a few options depending on your budget. We have it depends a lot. There's a lot of variables, but the second floor is usually from nine ninety nine to twenty five hundred, and the third floor is usually about two thousand to four four thousand forty five hundred. All right. Uh, if now since yeah you brought this idea to America, it's pretty. Is it pretty popular or common to use this type of product over in Europe and Denmark where it's from or other places? So it's fascinating to me that nobody's brought it to America since the days of the internet, because in Scandinavia, if you have a second or third floor, you need something like this. So it's, it's selling by pockets. It's mandated by uh, regulation, right? Correct. So they're all over and Europe, they've had it for 40 years. And you know, one person brought it to America in 1980, and he was very successful with it. 
And then he got older and codes changed. He wasn't so successful at some point and sort of petered out. And then I'm trying it again. And then we see there's a big need for it. People want it. What uh, long term are, are you looking at? For me, I mean, I would it would be great to have one, but that's definitely something that you'd have to budget for and save up save up for it. The 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 throwout ladder seems like a, a more cost effective one, although I know it's not as reliable, not as um, as easy to use. So it'd be something that would would I'd have to to, to save up for deliberately over a long period of time, um, or use a you know financing. Um, through the company, but long-term, how do you see this product or do you see this product being integrated into new builds and when people are building their houses, being able to um, add on a, a fire escape option? Definitely. So about the price, we have financing and I found really anybody who really wanted it, got it. You know, mm-hmm. we worked with you. We, we figured stuff out. You know, there's different ways to do things. You refer friends and you get, you, you know, you get it off. Regarding putting it in buildings, I would hope that, you know, we're trying to get contractors involved. They didn't seem too interested. The next step is um, architects. You know, those people are the ones who are designing the buildings. Where you design it to go in, you'll never even know it exists. Yeah. I mean, it, just have a, just have a simple conversation ahead of time. Hey, here's a safety option. Well, we, we just assume that our houses are going to have smoke alarms when you, when you move in, right? That's something that you, you have a new house built. It's not going to be built without the smoke alarms. Uh, so maybe at some point it'll, a fire escape option will be part of that as well, especially with you know, second or third story buildings. So smoke alarms used to not be, and that now every house has to have smoke alarms. Sprinklers are also amazing. I see video after video of people, and I hear stories of people who tell me they had seven minutes to get out of their house. And I said, it doesn't make sense. You don't have seven minutes if it's a new house. And I found that they had a sprinkler. Right. Slowly but surely, hopefully every house will have one or the other, sprinkler or escape ladder, and, you know, there's advantages to have having both, but I don't, you know, I don't pressure people if they have sprinklers that that's a very big start. All right. Yeah. That's uh, having sprinklers in a residential building. The first people, the first thing people um, say to me when I, when I talk about that is that they're concerned about the water damage. And then you have to pause and, and ask, well, what about the fire damage? Because <laughs> that will be much worse. <laughs> Yeah, fire fire unchecked is going to give you a lot worse of a situation than than water unchecked. And the and the, I think we're used to seeing in the movies or wherever when the when the when the smoke alarm goes off, we think that the sprinklers will come on. But the sprinklers, at least modern sprinklers, only come on when the heat is hot enough in that specific area. So only one sprinkler will be coming on at a time, and it's localized. That and this, you know, if you're complaining about the water damage, it's because your sprinkler did. A very good job. Right. The, the spring. I didn't realize this originally. I would think the job of the sprinkler is to put it out. And if you disagree with me, I, I'd love to hear that. For what I understand is that it's just to contain the fire enough for you to get out. Right. It gives you. Uh, it gives. It mitigates it. It lessens the the impact for enough time for you to get out of the building. That's yeah. That's brilliant. Uh, you're right. It probably won't put out all the fires. I mean, especially if it's gotten hot enough 
to reach the sprinkler. It may, but uh, the most important thing in any emergency situation is life safety. So whether or not your house is preserved by that sprinkler isn't really the the main concern. It's It would be nice, but um, if it provides you an opportunity to escape, gives you more time to be able to get out and get out of your home, you know, that, that is good enough, right? That's what's most important. Definitely. So what are you looking forward to seeing with this, this product? What are you, uh, what are the next, next steps in getting the word out and uh, working with people and installing these? Are you working locally? Are you working uh, all the way across the country with this? So the nice thing about this is I can ship it anywhere. It's very simple installation usually. So any, any handyman can put it up. We say it has to be insured, you know, for insurance, for liability purposes. Our goal is to get this across America. And, you know, as we go, as we do that, not just have the ladders, but to make sure everything else is good also. It's going to take some time to, like, you know, to be a real expert. But if you're buying the ladder, I make sure you have smoke alarms. If you don't have a smoke alarm, then as soon as we get off the phone, I will recommend a company of smoke alarms where they connect with each other, even though they have to don't have to be connected. Right. It's so, definitely more effective if they are um, hardwired to each other. That way, when one goes off, the rest of the alarms go off as well. Because what happened with my neighbor's fire is there was a smoke alarm downstairs. They weren't connected. They they thought it was a truck backing up. That's what they heard. And they just uh, slept through. They have a son who's down syndrome. And I remember when he was born, he's 13 now when they, when he was born, they were all like, it was so hard to deal with. And that kid saved their life. He went down. Everybody else was sleeping. He went down, came upstairs yelling, daddy, daddy, I can't see anything. There's smoke. And he woke up the whole family. Wow. That's amazing. It's so great that everyone made it out. All right. You know, yeah. With only one person hospitalized, right? Yeah, thank God. Yeah, that's amazing. I just want to go back into my story a little bit. Of course. Where we, we it got cut up. So that was all my father. With the, he's He started the business with me to help me out or whatever. He started this sort of just to help, help people out as a hobby. And, you know, he got the ladder and they said, we're looking for somebody in America to distribute it. So they, my father was working with them. And then one day was, he's talking about it you know, how to take it and help people out. And then I'm we're sitting around the table and my mother's like, Aaron needs a job. Why doesn't he get involved? Where till now I've been doing a lot of different things. I've worked with food. I've worked with special needs children. Love it, but you got to have a lot of patience. And this sounded like a great opportunity. So I came in and it's awesome. Right. You've been able to, to do dedicate yourself to this full time. That's awesome. Not full time yet. No, it's not full time yet. You're getting there. But my... My personality is I can't do nothing. So now I'm sitting where I was just working with kids for four hours where I work with them just to be busy and the rest of the day I'm working. Yeah. So I love the, I love the idea. Just, just seeing you work with, with all of these things that you see a need and you approach it based on the need. Um, I like all of these experiences are things that people could be fearful about the, the fires, um, the car safety, uh, even even working with um, with 
in special needs communities, those are things that are not very understood and can cause people some anxiety. But you identify that there's a need and something that you can do positively to approach it. And that's what I love about about all the stuff you're doing is because because you are not scaring anybody. You're not trying to be be fearful. You've given a positive, helpful, better solution a safer escape um, to, to what to what you've identified as a need. Like you, you see the gap and you try to fill it. Yeah, I just want to get into special needs, as you said, causes a lot of anxiety. Because when I suggest to people, I say, hey, you should do ABA. ABA is working with autistic children. Everybody's like, no, it's not for me. And I felt the same way originally. And I started with very high functioning kids. And then I said, you know, I want to work with a kid who's lower functioning. And I met a kid which typically this doesn't happen. You, you don't meet him before and find that if you want to work with him. But I was told, come down, meet the kid. He's very low functioning, Down syndrome. I took a, saw him and it was like love at first sight. I just, my heart melted and I worked with him for two years and taught him to talk basically. Wow. And just, you know, it's not such a big deal. To me, the big deal was I, I originally, when I started talking about it, was like, does he need any personal care? I said, they said, yes. I said, I'm out. His mother called me up and said, Aaron, what's going on here? I heard you're great. You look like you made a connection with my son. Why aren't you working? And I said, I'm not doing any personal care. I'm not changing diapers. I'm not doing anything like that. And she said, no problem, never going to happen. And two years later, hasn't been a problem. Wow. Yeah, it's really, really great that it's kind of this middle ground. You know, you you, you talked about that with um, with people's hesitancy to pay a small amount of money for a car seat to rent one or uh, people's hesitancy to get the smoke uh, smoke detectors or uh, to move into the fire, uh, get a fire escape. Uh, these is hesitancy and, and the barriers that are there, but meeting people halfway and how finding the common ground and, and working and compromising creates a better outcome for everyone. Well, Aaron, this has been uh, amazing. There are going to be people who want to find more information about Safer Escape, about uh, you and everything you're doing. What are the best places people can go to 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 find out about your product and uh, to be able to, to keep in touch with you? So the best place to see my product and really understand it is the website, saferescape.com. We have a Instagram page. We, I'm on LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn. And you can call me 725-237-2273 or 725-2-ESCAPE. And even if you want to reach out and just ask me some questions about fire safety, you know, to me, if somebody gets off the phone and gets a spring, uh, smoke alarm, which happened a few times, that's a success. That's right. great. That's a, that's a win. Positive movement in the right direction. They save lives. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on. Uh, so f- go and find Aaron Mezzi on LinkedIn, Safer Escape on LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and uh, saferescape.com. Thank you so much. Thank you.